and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one definitive page of Talmud every day. If you're listening in real time, friends, it is Friday, it is October, it is the beginning of the month of Cheshvan, and it is the end of Tractate Beitza. We hardly knew you. Here we were just engaged in all these wonderful discussions of what it is that makes a holy day so special and yet so different from Shabbat. And now we're at the end of the journey. And when we need to conclude something, when we need a definitive statement, when we need to truly understand the journey and retrospect that we have taken over this last month and change, there's only one man, only one man we call upon to give us an accurate accounting, a summary of this journey through Attracted Beitza. My dear friend and teacher, Rabbi David Beshevkin, hello. Leo, what an absolute joy to conclude this tractate together, which I'll admit to you, this was a tough one. I feel like thematically, it was in many ways all over the place, and I struggled, it's always a little bit of a struggle, to find that core idea at the heart of this tractate. So take us away, give us something to go out on a high note. So Beitza, as we began with, is curiously named. The name literally means egg, which I don't know if you saw the picture traveling around the internets, but they had this lovely picture of a dozen eggs in Israel that on the eggs, it marked the words, Hadran Allah Mesechas Beitza Hadran Allah. We shall return to you in that egg type, you know, that typography that you only find written on eggs. And I love that that they had that circulating, and whoever did that in the uh, our holy uh, country of Israel deserves a, a raise, whichever egg farmer did that. <laughs> but I, I think that what this tractate is really about is about the preparations for Yom Tov. And the word Yom Tov, and I write about this as I always do on tablet in that concluding essay, the word Yom Tov literally means a good day. And I think what this tractate is really about is what does it mean to have a good day? I think philosophers talk a great deal about beauty, about art, about uh, architecture and buildings. And many philosophers now talk about what a good moment is. But what does a good day look like? And I think what you emerge in this tractate, and we had that in the dispute a few weeks ago between Rabbi Elazar and Rabbi Yehoshua, who both had these kind of conflicting notions about, is this day supposed to be all about God, or do we split it halfway? And practically what emerges from this tractate is that a good day is split between God, half of it, in the language of the Talmud is, chetzio lahashem, half of it is for God, chetzio and half of it, lachem, is for you. But what I think is really important is that when the Talmud says the half that is for you in a good day, it doesn't use the singular you, whether, you know, lo or lecha, which are the Hebrew words for the singular use. It uses the word lachem, you as in the plural. Because what a good day is, is not about being on some deserted remote island with nobody to bother you and nobody to talk to and just absolute peace, serenity, where you can be lost in your own thoughts. 
a good day in the Talmudic mind is a joy that you can share with others. In the words of Maimonides, who writes about Yom Tov itself, Maimonides writes that when it comes to eating and drinking, what we really need to do in these celebrations is you have to feed the stranger, the orphan, the widow, the poor, the unfortunate. Because if the day is just about you in the singular, it's just about being on that remote island, then this just becomes some narcissistic moment where you're not really able to integrate the beauty and the godliness that exists in the world and really be able to see it in others. A good day is when you're able to look out at a crowded table, at a bustling synagogue, and you're instead of being annoyed and frustrated and busy and rushing, you look at those moments and you're uplifted. You're able to find the transcendence even in that crowded room. And maybe, just maybe, that's why this tractate about the ultimate good day, Yom Tov, is called Beitza, an egg. Because, you know, ultimately what is an egg if not the birth of possibility? It's not a complete birth. You don't have the live chicken in front of you. It's about the birth of an egg, something that now still has the opportunity for life. No good day arrives with a clear, obvious meaning or purpose right out there in front of you. It needs to be nurtured and discovered. And like the egg that is the name of this very tractate, unrealized but brimming with potential life, each of our days are laid out in our own lives in the same way. And I think it's our job to see what lies beneath each day and what lies beneath each person around our tables and around our lives and help them, so to speak, hatch. Rabbi Beshevkin, as hard as it would be to leave behind this beautiful tractate, as always, you have taken us out on a beautiful note. Thank you so much for being our guest. Thank you so much. Hadron Allah Masechas Beitza. We will surely return to you. The Hadron Alan and you, God willing, shall return to us. Amen. Selah. This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Studios. If you enjoy this show, and I hope you do, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Daf Yomi. I'm your host, Leah Leibowitz, and our producers are Josh Cross, Sarah Fredman-Ader, and Robert Scarmuccia. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You could find us on Twitter at takeonedafyomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we've made your day a little bit more Talmudic and we'll see you again soon. Take One.